In this week's parsha, we're going to learn the ages of Sarah Imenu, Avraham Avinu, and Yishmuel. Rashi will explain why Sarah Imenu's age is divided into three segments. Then he'll tell us about two elements of Avraham Avinu's age and say nothing about Yishmuel's age. Question is, why? We'll learn something unique about each of them, as well as the important distinction between Yishmuel and we as Jewish people. This week's parish has the total years of Sarah Avram and Yishmoel. In Ascholah Sasedra, we start off at the beginning of the parish of Ayuchai, Sarah Meyer, Shon, Vesem, Shon, Vesheva, Shon, in that Sarah Emenu lived 120 and 7 years. By Msim Asedra, whereas the other two at the end of the parish, where it says, these were the years of Avram, hundred years and seventy years and five years. And then it says, these are the years of Yishmoel, hundred years and thirty years and seven years. So in each case, we separate the hundreds, the tens, and the units. You're going to find something very strange about how Rashi engages with us in his interpretation. Even though with all three of them, when their ages are related, there is a break that the Torah makes by using the words year or years between the hundreds, the tens, and the units is Rashi approaches each one differently. When he describes Sarah's life, he tells us what all three represent. It says Shana with each number. In order that we would know that each one, the hundred and the twenty and the seven, has to each be interpreted independently. Each one has a lesson to show us. On their fun land manov, the lesson is bas kuf kebas chof lechet that at a hundred years old she still had the innocence of a twenty-year-old with regards to behavior. Or bas chof kebazayin yofi and at twenty she still had the innocence of a seven-year-old with regards to beauty. So he explains all three. By Avram and Zoch Rashi, yet when it comes to Avram Avinu, there Rashi doesn't explain all three. Instead, he says Ben Kuf ke Ben Ayin or Ben Ayin ke Ben Hey Beloichet. A hundred like seventy, like five without sin. Sounds like he's just telling us one thing that Avram Avinu was innocent of sin right throughout his life. Vos mein bepastus as my lent arois. That would indicate that what we're learning is neat by vi by Sora and vukolechad nidush leatzmoi. Unlike Sora, where we said all three of the numbers teach us something. Independently, here I learned tzveiyon ibloi chet on yoyfi. Sorry, there we learned two different things. We learned that there's a time that tells us about her innocence and a time that tells us about her beauty. Now, whereas with Avram Avinu, we're learning one thing, that even when Avram was a hundred, is Avram given ben ayin, or ben ayin, ben hey, below chet, at a hundred, he was like somebody who was seventy, who in turn was like somebody who was like five, without sin. One issue that we're raising over here his innocence from sin. Whereas when it comes to Yishmoel, Rashi doesn't address at all why the Torah splits it up with the words years. There many, many different approaches and opinions about how to interpret Rashi. Besides the fact that each of the individual explanations has something lacking, which the Rebbe is not going to discuss in detail here, there's an overarching question, and we're going to really start by addressing that question. What's the overarching question? If the question over here, why it says Shana in the middle of the age, is something which isn't obvious, and it's so 
clearly not obvious that all the different commentaries weigh in to try and explain it. Then Rashi, who is addressing the level of a five-year-old, if they're all the interpretations trying to tell us what Rashi said, Rashi should have just proposed it in a way that is clear. Even to a five-year-old, what is his kavana? Why speak differently about Sarah and about Avram and nothing about Yishmuel? So Unless, of course, Rashi's already made it clear and we just have to find it in his words. So where are we going to find it? The beer in them, the explanation is this. But never was Rashi Zok by Soren. The fact that Rashi points out when he gives us Sarah's age, that Therefore the Torah inserted the word Shana in between each age bracket, to teach us that each one has to be explained independently, and then he explains them, the fact that Rashi has now sensitized us to when the Torah sticks in the word Shana in between ages, it's so that each one should be explained independently. We now know that when we later arrive at Avram Avinu's age, where again the Torah does the same thing, splitting the age with the word Shana in between. So then we also know that there are obviously two things to be learned from Avram Avinu's age and how it is split, just like there were two things to learn from Sarah's age and how it was split. That we already know, Rashi doesn't have to tell us that. Aha. Of a male is moving, in that case it makes sense. As Ben Rashi Zakh Bavram and Ben Kuf Keben Ayin. If Rashi then only draws our attention to one of the things, a hundred is like seventy and in turn is like five. Rashi is not just telling us a hundred equals seventy equals five. He's telling us point number one is that the age of a hundred, Avram was like somebody who is seventy. And then, and not just it's not just working towards a goal, which is to say that at 100, he was like a 70-year-old who was like a five-year-old, the way that we've understood it until now. Rather, Rashi, who's already told us by Sarah that if the Torah splits it with the word Shana in between, it means three different segments to teach us two different lessons or two comparisons. So we now know that Rashi wants us to understand the same thing over here with regards to Avram Avinu, but he doesn't tell it to us. The fact that he doesn't explain what the link is between the age of 100 and the age of 70. It's because whatever was so unique about Avram Avinu that at the age of 100 he was still like a 70-year-old, Rashi doesn't have to tell us because the Torah has already told us. So now we've got to look and find what has the Torah told us about the age of 70 and what is unique in Avram's case that at 100 he is still like the age of 70 and then Rashi doesn't have to tell us because the Torah has already told us. So When Hashem promised Avram Avinu that he would have a second son, this time from Sarei Menu, so Pasuk immediately tells us that Avram Avinu was taken aback. Will a hundred-year-old give birth? He was obviously surprised that at the age of a hundred he's going to have a child. Why was he surprised? Rashi explains why he was surprised. That by the time of Avram Avinu, people's lifespan had already been diminished from the great lifespans we saw before the Mabal. 
And not only that, about Tashas Kayach Ba'ilam, and generally the human beings weakened. And therefore, Shemir told the same, and therefore people who were having children to the ages of 60 and 70, not into their hundreds. Therefore, Avram Amin is surprised, I'm going to have a child at 100? That helps us understand clearly. Why, when the Torah compares the age of 100 to the age of 70 in Avram Avinu's life, we know exactly what it's referring to. Even though the natural way at that time, because people had become weak, was to have children until 70 and not beyond. Avram didn't have that weakening. You see it already even before Yitzchak because when Avram Avinu has his first child he is 86 years old so he's already beyond the outer reaches of what was normal childbearing age at that time. And now we understand what the Torah is saying at 100 he's like a 70 year old because 70 year olds are still in the realm of fertility and Avram Avinu at 100 was still like that he had a child. Rashi doesn't have to tell it us because the Pasuk has already informed us. Which also helps us to understand Rashi's words about Avram Avinu's surprise that at 100 he's going to have a child. He doesn't say just simply, I'm surprised that I'll have a child at 100. Rashi adds something else. Did Hashem ever show this degree of kindness to any other person besides me? Sarah is in a different category. Sarah, who was already post her childbearing years, is kinder. So it's impossible for her to have children. Avraham Avinu had a child already at 86. So he's saying, wow, is this chesed going to continue until I'm 100? But Sarah never had children. She's beyond her childbearing years. And therefore, for Sarah to have a child is something which is such a radical miracle that David even has to go so far as to say, is anything beyond his capacity? As by ear, that she should have Yitzchak. And Sarah then kind of expands her surprise at her own promise of having children to Avram Avinu as well. Avram Avinu is an older man. How could he have children? But Avram Mitzad himself has already had a child beyond the age of 80, uh, beyond the, well, beyond the age of 70, obviously beyond the age of 82. And the point of Ben Kuf, Ben Ayin, is to tell us that even at 100, he still had the virility of a 70-year-old. Which also answers another major question. How come Rashi never asks a question how Avram Avinu still had many other children years later, decades later? And he doesn't say, big miracle, that 40 years after Yitzchak, Avram Avinu is having other children. Why not? Because Rashi says the Pasuk's already dealt with it. It's told us at 100 years old. He's like a 70-year-old. Because Avram Avinu, now the Torah is illustrated to us, does not have the limitations of ordinary people who can only have children until the age of 70. And once he's broken out of that bracket, he could have children for as long as they wish to once. And... Uh, there's no weakening of Avram Avinu. And therefore he could have children at 100 and he could even have children at 140. 
הדרך ודי מיילה פון בלוי חטא, ועושה גם אז דלושן איז כבן עין כבן היי בלוי חטא. זה expression that, that Rashi uses is that at the age of 70, Avram is like a five-year-old with regards to sin. It's not to say, and after 70, he was no longer so innocent. Obviously not. But for the rest of his life, he was sin-free. Likewise, when the Torah says that at 100, he was like a 70-year-old, it means from 100 and beyond. Okay, so now we see the difference between Avram Avinu and Sarah. By Sarah, the Torah has to tell us that she retains the purity of a 20-year-old and the beauty of a 7-year-old. By Avram Avinu, that we, don't, we don't need Rashi to spell out for us that Avram at 100 has the virility of a 70-year-old because the Torah has already told that. All Rashi has to point out is the fact that he still has this sin-free innocence of a 5-year-old. So with that in mind, let's have a look at the Pesukim. Even Pesuk Henika Bonim Sora. Later on, when Yitzchak is born, the Pesuk tells us that Sora Imenu nursed Yitzchak. That what happened is the day that Yitzchak had this great celebration, whether it was his, his bris, as it would appear. So all the great princesses brought their babies for Sora to nurse. Why did they bring their babies? Because they had spread a rumor that Sarah couldn't have had a child. She was already 90 years old. She must have found an abandoned baby somewhere. And so to test that she was actually the mother, they brought their babies to see if she produced milk, which only her mother could do. So how do we prove that Sarah is the genuine, the uh, biological mother of Yitzchak? Through the, the mothers bringing their babies. If I'm passing on night Parshas told us, but then later on in Parshas told us, when it says Avram Hoyli des Yitzchak, that Avram gave birth to Yitzchak, Zakrashi, Lefisha Hoyuli Tsani Hadar Omim Mehavi Merechni Sabra Sarah, because there were scoffers at the time who claimed that Sarah was actually pregnant from Avi Melech, not from Avram Avinu. So therefore, So therefore, the Ebishta changed the features of Yitzchak's face, that he would look so much like his father that nobody could deny the fact that obviously Avram Avinu was his father. So let's understand the difference between the two proofs that they are the biological parents. When it comes to Sarah, Rashi says, It was specifically the elite who were the ones who didn't believe that Sarah was the biological mother of Yitzchak and it had to be proven to them. Yes, yet when it comes to proving that Avram Avinu is the biological father of Yitzchak, there Rashi says it's only the scoffers, which are basically the lowlifes of the society, who had this issue. Why the difference is? Another thing. The fact that Sarah Imenu is able to nurse the babies only shows that she's the biological mother. And she didn't find the child abandoned in who knows where. But it doesn't yet prove that Avram Avinu is the father. It just proves that Sarah is the mother. So how come the great elite who came challenging the fact that Sarah is the mother did not think to challenge the fact that Avram is the father? When they knew Avram Avinu was 100 years old. This question is even stronger when you consider in the original Gemara, Bob Metziah, that quotes the story, brings one after the other. One story. First it tells why Sarah nursed the babies because everybody thought it was 
an abandoned baby. And then immediately, invited all the great people of the time. Sorry, they invited their wives. And she then fed all the babies. Look how the Gemara says it. And still they were unconvinced and they were still scoffing. Are we convinced that just because there was a miracle for Sarah at 90 years old to have a baby, that Avram at 100 years old was the father? Immediately the Abishta changed Yitzchak's features to be so close in resemblance to Avram Avinu that there'd be no questions. But the way we've explained the difference between Avraham and Sarah in terms of how the Torah tells us about their ages, these questions are all resolved. Because the Chiddush of Tmir by the Soros is who was, what were they worried about? These elite women, these princesses, these noble women, what were they worried about? They were worried about Sarah. Why? Because they saw that she was post the age of having all the various biological processes that are associated with childbirth, so they didn't believe that she could have a child. But with Avram Avinu, they weren't so surprised. At 86 years old, he had had a son, Yishmol. Okay, so he had a child at 86. He could maybe also have a child at 100. They weren't bothered by Avram Avinu potentially being the father. They were bothered and surprised by the fact that Sari Menu could be a mother. Anybody who was a more advanced, more uh, sophisticated, educated individual in the community was not so surprised that Avraham Avinu could have a baby. But scoffers, scoffers are not worried about facts, they're not interested in truth, they just want to create a, an issue, they want to make a scene. So therefore, they didn't concern themselves with the biological history of Avraham Avinu. Now, so all they did was they churned up emotion and, 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 and spurned a gossip mill to say, Avraham Avinu did not have this baby. Avimelech's the father. But they wanted to ensure that even those scoffers, those lowlifes, shouldn't have an argument on their far it's our class to polish therefore the Ibishta made sure that Yitzchak would resemble Avram so clearly that even the biggest scoffer who's not really looking for facts would have no option but to conclude that Yitzchak is Avram's son okay so now we know clearly the difference between Avram's story and Sarah's story which also explains why Rashi doesn't go telling us what the Kuf Keben Ayin means because it's obvious in the Torah and now we also understand the attitudes that people had towards Avram and Sarah when they had their babies based on these facts what about Yishmael the time of Rashi is not before by Yishmael Ben Kuf Keben Lamed or Ben Lamed Keben Zayin the reason Rashi doesn't get into the significance of Yishmael being 100 which is compared to 30 which is compared to 7 despite the fact that the Torah did exactly the same thing of splitting the age up into three different segments with the word Shana in between that's because Rashi knows we already could work this out for ourselves let them perish Rashi in themselves because have a look at what Rashi says in context. It says, Ben Kuf Keben Lamed on Tashus Kayach. So with Avram Avinu, we said that at the age of 100, he's like a 70-year-old, so he's not yet weakened by the physical effects of uh, the rest of the generation. You could say the same by Yishmael. At the age of 100, he was like a 30-year-old. He also wasn't affected yet. He wasn't affected by the uh, physical weakness of the time. Or Ben Lamed Keben Zayin Lechet. And at 30, he 
was innocent of sin, like a seven-year-old, just like Avraham was innocent of sin and Sarah was innocent of sin. Why? For a different reason. Because the Yeshua did Shuvah. The Pasuk is indicating to us that already at the age of 30, Yeshua began his Shuvah. So Rashi doesn't have to explain the significance of all those ages, but there is a question to ask about how Rashi interprets the significance of knowing Yishmael's age. Because Rashi is going to raise something which apparently has nothing to do with what we're learning in the parish over here. Why does he raise it? When the Pasuk tells us that this is the amount of years that Yishmael lived, Rashi Rashi asks the question, Why do we have to know Yishmael's age? And he explains, to give us a scale that we could use to calculate Yaakov Avinu's age. And then Rashi goes into a whole calculation which helps us to understand, based on Yishmol's lifespan, that Yaakov Avinu must have learned in the Yeshiva of Shem and Eber for 14 years. In other words, Rashi is telling us basically that when the Pasuk decided to give us the age and the specifics of the age of Yishmuel, is the Pasuk's intention is not just to define something which is relevant to Yishmuel and his story and his age. Actually, the Torah is telling us about Yishmuel so that we could learn about Yaakov. That's a bit of a surprise. Why? So now, obviously, if the goal is to tell us about Yaakov's life, that only strengthens the question. So why then split it up into three segments? So Dos is Machriach to Zogan Bifir Shashas, Lomen Nichtav Shonach Chulei, is Menachatchilik in Kashin, it's Nachan Pirish by Avram Kinal. So you have to say that Avram, that Avram Avinu already, the Torah told us how you split up the ages. Straight after that, we have Yishmael's age, so we already know it from the Pasuk. So Rashi doesn't have to address it because the Pasuk has already addressed it. And therefore, we have a question. Okay, so you're not telling me the age of Yishmael to know whether he had strength or whether he had innocence, because that we could already derive from, Yaka, uh, from Avram Avinu. Therefore, says Rashi, the question is, Why are we mentioning Yishmael's age? What is it relevant to us? Because the child learning Chumash already knows that the Torah only tells us information that is relevant. Even when you're talking about great people who were perhaps holier than Yishmael, we're not giving them information unless it's relevant to us. So therefore the burning question over here with Yishmael is not why is his age split up into categories because we already know the principles for why the Torah splits ages into categories. The question is why his age at all? To that says Rashi, that's in order to help us understand something about Yaakov Avinu. What do we understand? Work out Yaakov Avinu's biography. Work out where he was at a particular given point in time based on Yishmael's lifespan. But the fact that the Torah did split Yishmael's age into three segments with the Shana in between is the Pasuk not to it's not just simply because, like we saw with Sarah or like we saw with Avraham Avinu, the Torah wants to know that the age wants us to know that the age groups actually relate to each other. Which, of course, would just help us understand a little bit better what kind of an individual Yishmael was, and perhaps even have a, a better appreciation of Yishmael than we would have naturally had. But once we understand that this pasuk over here is not really focused on Yishmael, it's focused on Yaakov. So now we're going to understand what these ages have to do with Yaakov. 
Und das, was der Pasuk gesagt hat, the fact that when the Pasuk wants to give us an age to be able to uh, create a scale for Yaakov Avinu's life, and yet in that Pasuk it gives us all these segments, is It must be because somehow the Torah still wants to emphasize some greatness about Yishmoel. And the question is, why? What greatness? And why? And why relevant to Yaakov? So the, and this is what Rashi helps us to understand. The goal of the Pasuk over here is not to emphasize for us that Yishmol retains his strength and retains his innocence like Avram and Sarah. Rashi is telling us that the Pasuk specifically wants us to link Yishmol's life to Yaakov. So we'll appreciate greatness of Yaakov. The fact that the Torah may here allude to greatness that Yishmael had, greatness in strength and greatness in piety, is all for the benefit of appreciating Yaakov. So we'll appreciate that Yaakov's life is not just relative to when Yishmael lived, but Yaakov's life is relative to the Milas of Yishmael's life. And Yaakov is in a whole different category. Whatever Yishmael has, Yaakov has in a far superior fashion. That's what the Torah wants us to know. Whatever Yishmael had, strength and piety, Yaakov's strength is far greater and Yaakov's piety is far greater. And that's why the Torah is comparing, as Rashi points out, this lifespan to Yaakov's lifespan. How so? The beer in them. The Shina was given in Yishmael and to Ben Kuf, so the first thing we have to know is that Yishmael in his older age was a Baal Because Rashi tells us that Yishmael did Tshuva while Avram Avinu was still alive. So how old was Yishmael when, when Avram Avinu passed away? He was 89 years old. So for sure by the time he gets to 100, he is now a Baal Tshuva. Says Rashi, it's an amazing achievement on Yishmuel's behalf that he became a, a Baal Tshuva. It's great, it's wonderful. In fact, he became such a Baal Tshuva that when the Torah describes his passing, it uses language that is reserved for Tzadikim. But Rashi wants us to be clear that the Torah is telling us his righteousness and piety does not scratch the surface of how it is for uh, uh, for, for Yaakov Avinu. So, how old is Yishmol? A hundred and thirty and seven, right? So the thirty years is a symbol of strength, like the Mishnah tells us in Brikyavus. Even a child who's learning Chomesh knows that when a person is at the age of 30, they're at the pinnacle of their physical strength. Yishmael wasn't just any ordinary person. He was a person who had sway over and influence over and impact on everybody right across the whole world. So if an ordinary 30-year-old is strong, Yishmael has to be a very strong 30-year-old. Says Rashi, the Torah wants us to compare Yishmael's life to Yaakov's life. So Yishmael is really, really, really powerful. Guess what? Yaakov Avinu is even more powerful. 
exponentially more so. Like Rashi tells us, when Yaakov Avinu rolled the big boulder off the well at the time where Rochel and her family, well, Rochel came to, to get water for the family, says Rashi, he flicked off the boulder like as if it was just a lid on top of a bottle to show us that he was incredibly powerful. Even considering that at that point Rashi is 77 years old. So the greatness of a 30-year-old, which, which um, um, Yishmol is supposed to represent, is this incredible power. And Yaakov Avinu's power is far, far greater. Likewise, So the significance of the number seven, which is similar to the number five in Avram and Sarah's age, well, the seven in Sarah's age, is innocence, free, being free of Averis. So you think, ah, if you're talking about piety, you're talking about being free of Averis, Yishmol and Yaakov probably share the same experience. Both of them, they're both like children who have this absolute innocence and are clear of any kind of sin. So again, in Rashi's words, we're comparing and what we're saying is that Yishmael's piety and freedom from sin is great, but it doesn't touch sides with regards to how great Yaakov Avinu was. And the reason being because Yaakov is an individual who is fundamentally different to who Yishmael is. Yishmael comes from a maidservant. Yaakov Avinu is always going to be far, far higher than Yishmol. So even if you want to say from the perspective that Yishmol is about Tshuva and Yaakov Avinu is a Tzadik. So yes, they're both free of sin, but it's a completely different experience. The one who was tainted and had to repair versus the one who was Ishtam, who was always in a state of purity. Therefore, says Rashi, all the great accolades about Yishmol that are quoted, even the fact that he has these three major components in his life, are not there purely to tell us the greatness of Yishmol, but to the contrary, it's in order to escalate and to highlight the greatness of Yaakov Avinu.